Okay. So we are considering fruit bearing. Fruit bearing, bringing forth fruits. Fruit bearing. And I believe that this is timely for us. Hallelujah. The Lord wants us to be fruitful. Hallelujah. Are you here? The Lord wants us to be fruitful. Hallelujah. He wants us to be fruitful. And I sense that specifically he wants us to multiply our fruits. In other words, he wants us to be more fruitful. Hallelujah. He wants us to be more fruitful. He wants us to be more fruitful. Jesus said in John chapter 15, verse 5, that I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, ye can do nothing. Hallelujah. The existence of a thing is justified by the fruits that it brings forth or by its output or the uses that it produces. The existence of a thing is justified. So if you want to justify the existence of a thing, you justify it by the use, the good use that it produces. If there is a thing that does not serve any purpose, um, there are some of us that in our houses and in our rooms, we have a lot of things that do not serve any purpose. So the time that or the day that it dawns on us that this thing does not serve any purpose, we remove it from our lives, isn't it? Yeah, some of you have clothes that you don't wear. They have become smaller than you. You see, so one day you pick them up and say, I have no need for this clothes. Because it is not just that the clothes must exist in your life. It must serve a purpose. Hallelujah. So the justification of the existence of the clothes is in the purpose that it serves. If it serves no purpose, then there is no need for it to exist. Hallelujah. If it produces no fruit, then there is no need for it to exist. If it produces no use, no good use, if it serves no purpose, then its existence is also not necessary. Amen. And that is the nature of the human race. We also justify our existence based on the fruits that we produce. That is how God made us. That is how God made us. Our existence is justified by the fruits, the output that which we bring forth. That is what justifies our existence. And this is something that must be upon your mind. It must be on your mind. Because, you see, life is said that if you don't take care, you'll be trying all the time to survive. You'll be trying hard to survive, doing everything possible to survive, to gain as much as you can. And in such conditions, it is very easy for you to 
um, lose sight of what really matters. And that is the purpose for which you exist. Hallelujah. And the purpose for which you exist is linked. It's, it's not just a purpose. It is linked to the output. Amen. It means that you are here. You are alive. Let me not say you are here in terms of location. You are a person. You are a human being. You exist because there is an output that you were made to bring forth. Every one of us. It is not possible for a thing to exist in God's universe without a predetermined output. It is not possible. Other than that, then, why will God create such a thing? And God is said that whatever he does is for a, a good cause. He does it because it is necessary. He does it because it is useful. There is nothing that is in God's universe that serves no purpose. Even the things that we do not know the purposes that they serve, they still serve purposes. We don't know, but they are there for a reason. Hallelujah. And, and because of that, you should also think of yourself that if you exist as a human being, if you exist as a human being, then there is a reason for your existence. Hallelujah. Please are you here? There is a reason for your existence. This is something that you must accept about yourself. Because at times, we may come to a place where we, are, we don't feel worthy that anything good will come out of us. We don't feel like there is a special reason why we exist as human beings. But there is. It is not possible. The, the simple reason is that it is actually not possible with God that there will be something that comes into existence in it, in his universe, and there is no use for it. Hallelujah. It is even said that there is use for evil. Even though it is not God that originates evil, evil still ends up serving a purpose in his universe. Please are you here? So if you are in existence, then there is a reason, there is a purpose. Your existence will be justified by the output. So when you think of yourself, you must think of yourself in terms of output. You, you see, it is easy for you to think of yourself in terms of what will make you feel good about yourself, in terms of what you will possess, in terms of what you will possess. But the best way to think of yourself is in terms of what you will bring forth. Ask your neighbor, what are you bringing forth? That is how you must think of yourself. What am I bringing forth? What am I producing? What am I giving birth to? That is how you should think of yourself. And like I said, life can deal with us to the point that some of these uh, things do not occur to us. All that we are trying to do is to survive and to get something out of this life. Forgetting that we, we are in existence because of output. You know what Paul said? 
Say that we are God's workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus unto what? Good works. Which were before ordained. Before ordained. Before ordained. It means that it was pre-planned. Which was before ordained that we should walk in them. Hallelujah. So it, we are for good works. We are for good outputs. We are for good fruits. That is what we are for. And that is how every human being should look at himself or herself. The output. What are you giving birth to? Hallelujah. What are you giving birth to? And this is actually supposed to be so. There is a principle that makes this thing the case. It is not just that that's how you must see yourself. It is because of certain spiritual principles that are in place. It is because of certain spiritual principles. For instance, the first principle is in God and who God is. We know that God is love, isn't it? This is how we hear. And it is the nature of love to do what? To give himself that another may possess, isn't it? So if God is love, then he must constantly be trying to take of himself and put in another. That is the nature of love. So God, we say he's in perpetual endeavor, isn't it? He's in perpetual endeavor to give himself. That is the nature of love. So what God is, you see, we, God is good, isn't it? God is goodness itself. So if it is his effort to take of himself and to give to another, then it means that it is his goodness that he is taking to deposit in another. Is that we hear? And that is what he tries to do all the time. That is the nature of God. So God's aim is that you may have him. God's aim is that you may have him, that he may find a place in you. Please are you here? But what it means to have God is also such that the one that has God, God then operates through him. Please are you here? Because if it is God's nature that you possess, then it means that once you obtain from God what he seeks to give to you, it turns you into something that is like God. It turns you also into a giver. So if God's aim, if God is love, and he seeks to take of himself and give of himself to you, then the one that receives God in any uh, uh, quantity, in quotes, receives a similar nature as to God. Please are you here? So if God is a lover, then to receive of God is to be turned into a lover. In other words, if God is in perpetual endeavor to take of himself to give to you, then when you successfully receive of God, then you also move into that state where you are also in perpetual endeavor to take from what God has put inside you to give to another. Hallelujah. So that is how it goes. So there is no one that successfully receives from God and just sits with God, like contains God and does it. It's not possible. If that is how you are, then it means that you are not successfully receiving from God.
Please are you here? So the principle first is in God and how that God seeks to take of himself and to give unto us. The second principle is in what we then have been made into. Because if God is love, then the one that will receive of God's love must be made into a vessel, isn't it? The one that will receive of God's love must be made into a vessel. So we are made, as a matter of principle, we are made into vessels. We are containers. So that we may receive successfully that which is of God. So that is another principle. We are not made to be, we are not made as something in ourselves. No. We are made as recipients. We receive of God. Hallelujah. We receive of God. We are vessels. We are vessels. We are vessels. Amen. And another principle is that the purpose of the vessel is not just to contain that which it has received, but to be in service to that which it has received. So a vessel does not just contain something. It serves the purpose. For instance, if I put water into a cup, okay, the, the cup is not just to contain the water. It is also supposed to serve as a means by which others will drink the water. Please are you here? So it is not just that the, the vessel must contain God. The vessel must also become a means by which God is dispensed. Amen. So in our identity as vessels of God, like Paul told Timothy that in a great house, they are not just vessels of, of, of gold and of silver, but there's also of what? Wood and of what? Clay. said, if a, if a man shall purge himself from these things, he shall be made unto what? A vessel of honor, fit for what? The master's use. Fit for the master's use. So that is how we are. We are vessels. And vessels are for a purpose. Not just to contain something, but to also dispense it. And as a human being, that is how you ought to assess yourself. You must assess yourself in terms of output. What are you bringing? Hallelujah. What are you bringing forth? What are you producing? What are you giving birth to? And in this world, because we are here and we engage in this world, we do things here. We, we, we do stuff. And if you don't take care, you may think that the things that you are doing around constitute the output that God expects from you. But that is not it. 
Hallelujah. That is not it. There is another kingdom that is in existence. Please, I want you to pay attention to this. There is another kingdom that is in existence. It is a real kingdom that is in operation in a different realm. A kingdom that those who make contact with God and become vessels of God dwell inside. They dwell in that kingdom. Please are you here? So even though you are in the earth, there is, and the, the world is there, you can see the world, we, are, we see ourselves, we are in the world. There is a kingdom that is beyond the natural sight. Jesus told Pilate, when Pilate asked him if he is king of the Jews, said, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom was to be of this world, then my servant would fight for me and I would not be delivered into the hands of the Jews. Hallelujah. So my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servant fight that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now is my kingdom not from hence. So Jesus is talking about a kingdom that is in oppression, that has servants. Hallelujah. People functioning within it. It has its purposes. There are things going on in that kingdom. It is a real kingdom separate from the kingdoms of men. Hallelujah. And as a human being who was created by the God of this kingdom or the king of this kingdom, you must not just measure your output in this world. You must measure your output in the kingdom. Hallelujah. You must measure your output in the kingdom. In other words, as we are here engaging, our relationship with God, our dealings with God, our obedience to God, our, our, the life that we are living is not just impacting this earthly kingdom. It is also impacting a heavenly kingdom. Hmm. Are you here now? Our efforts, the, 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 the impact that we are expected to make, the fruits that we are expected to bring forth, is not just for this earthly kingdom or this earthly world. It's actually not for here. Just that we are here, so we'll do things. That's why the Lord does not expect that you sell your soul for the things of this world. Because the, the output in this world actually is transient. It passes. Hallelujah. Who has made an output in this world and it has not passed? Every output in this world passes. Every fruit that is born in this world passes. Hallelujah. But as we are here, we are expected to make an impact in the lost kingdom, which is not seen with the eyes. There is a life that we are expected to live that makes impact in heaven. This is what the Lord wants to wake us up to. There are times we may feel like, oh, what you are doing is just here. Oh, 
shepherd somebody or bring somebody to church. But our steps, the strides that we make, is it reverberation? It reverberates in heaven. It, it contributes to, so let's say, if in heaven they are trying to push a car, you can stand in this earth, live for God in this earth, and contribute to pushing the car in heaven. When you die, you go to continue pushing the car. You were pushing it here. Yes, that because you were not in the, you were not out of the body, it was not obvious to you. But every step that a man takes is not a step that is taken in the flesh alone. It is a step that is taken in the spirit as to his affection, as to his thinking. And these are the real substances of a person. His affections, his thoughts, these are the real things. That pertains to a man. And as to these things, the man has impact in the spiritual realm. Jesus said concerning Peter, I'll give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatsoever ye shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever ye shall lose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Now we know that the concept of Peter is a principle. The principle of the faith that comes out of revelation. Hallelujah. Now that is the man in whom God operates or through whom God operates, isn't it? And in this operation, it is said that the man, even though he acts at the lower levels of his person, okay, his actions affect the higher realms of heaven as well. It is not just that the man does things. Whatever he does has an impact in heaven as well. I'm sure we get time to look at that more. You see, when you understand things like this, you, you then do not joke with life because you know that, you see, at times we belittle what it is that we must do, what it is that we must bring forth. And it is because we only look at it in terms of this world. We do not understand. Let me explain something to you. God walks the earth. Remember, when God walked the earth, he walked the earth according to the ways of men. The only difference was that he was God himself. So whatever, when he overcame, he overcame thoroughly. Please understand that. Yeah. But he walked according to the principles of men. And do you know what happened? When God walked the earth and he was tempted and he overcame and he cast out a devil and, and he did this and he did that. The Bible explains that in all of these things, judgment was being effected in the spirit world. Listen, when Jesus was overcoming, this is God walking the earth, overcoming temptations that come at him. In, in these temptations are admitted into his external self, which is a human that he took on. If you analyze it in, in simple terms, it's like, oh, he's just facing temptations. You understand that? But there was something about the temptations that did not just let, allow it to be that he is facing temptations as to a, a, his human. 
it, the temptations that he faced and how he overcame actually affected the spirit world and he exerted judgment there, organized the spirit world and put everything back in equilibrium through the temptation. Jesus is walking. He's tempted. He does not yield. That's a, it's a simple thing. He was just tempted and he didn't yield. Not knowing that he doesn't yield. Power is shot into the spirit world. Reorganization is doing that. While a man is just moving and it's not yielding to temptation, it's, it's yielding rather to the divine that is in him. And you would think that, oh, it's just about him. Hallelujah. But things are moving as a result of his work. Things are shifting. Things are being organized as a result of his work. As a result of his life, things are happening in the spirit world. Judgment is taking place. Another time the disciples came and said, hey, the, 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 the devils were subject to us. And Jesus said, I saw Satan fall as lightning from heaven. So, whew, they just went to cast out devils. But somehow, what they did meant that Satan fell from heaven. And Jesus was making reference to judgment in the spirit world. Why, why do you think that the spiritual world can become so disorganized such that men, light cannot pass from heaven into the, into the earth. It's like, when I say light, I'm talking about truth. We know that uh, when the ch church is coming to an end, the, the, the equilibrium in, the, in God's system is affected so that hell overrides its boundaries and even crosses into the world of spirits, so that it becomes difficult for those who even enter the world of spirit to be successfully judged and pass into either heaven or hell. We've learned this, right? Yeah. Why? Why would such a thing happen? And that is the point that I'm making, that our lives that we live on this earth, we do not just receive impressions from God or from devils. We are not just affected by God and, and uh, by devils. Our, as we yield to whatever, we also join an army, an unseen army. So our efforts, if it is right in producing fruit, what happens is that our fruit contribute to the overall uh, push of heaven for what is righteous. So it is like you are in your corner obeying God and, and bringing forth fruit according to your vessel, but the fruit that you are bringing is contributing to the overall spiritual energy. Does that make sense? It's contributing to the overall spiritual energy. So it's not just that you have done something right, oh, you've, you've done well. No, you, you are part of a system. It is called the kingdom of God. You are part of it. Your effort contributes to, to the workings of that kingdom. Your, your, your efforts and, and your, your fruit bearing contributes to its power over the kingdom of darkness. 
It is not just that you do something. It is not just that, oh, what you've done, oh, it's a powerful thing. No. It is entering the spirit world. I'm explaining Jesus overcoming. When you also overcome, your overcoming in this world is not just about you. Your overcoming in this world drives away certain devils in the spirit world. It's not just about you. Hallelujah. It's not just about you. It's not just about you. It's not just about, it's not just that you have done something. Whatever you do, it contributes to the unseen kingdom. And that is why we should examine ourselves in terms of what we are really bringing forth. Some of us are not bringing forth anything. And when we analyze, we are not really bothered because um, we feel like, oh, it's just the things we see, that we have not done anything about it. But it is not just that. You are failing to contribute what must be contributed to the kingdom of God. This kingdom is unseen. It is not of this world. It is, it, but it exists. What is the nature of the kingdom of God? This is the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God does not have God sitting on a throne and then people are there like that. No. The kingdom of God is the kingdom of men. Okay? But this time around, it is God that rules in the heart of such men. And through such men, God is made available one to another. So it's like, if God rules in my heart, then through God ruling in my heart, or through my heart, I, I bring forth good to you. And if God is ruling in your heart, then as God rules in your heart, you bring forth good to another. And if God, that God is ruling in that person's heart as well, then that person also brings forth good to another. That's the nature of the kingdom of God. So it is not that God is sitting somewhere here in my subject. No. It is, it is men that are subject to God and because of that, God is able to move in them. Hallelujah. Please you understand that. So it, 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 it has to do with God being able to move through men. That's the kingdom of God. God being able to move through men because those men are subject to him. That's the kingdom of God. It's not that, oh, you are meeting to so that. No, it is men. That's how come I keep telling you that heaven is a place where men are dwelling. God is above heaven. He's above heaven. Heaven is men. Just like in this, and we are living here. You say, where is God? We can't find God, but God is, is ruling. You understand that? Huh. Now, heaven is where God rules successfully in every heart. And it's still men. Hallelujah. It's still men. We say that heaven is a place of mutual service, one to another. That service that is provided is a service that we provide one to another. It's a service that is done by God. For instance, a man came to Jesus and said, good teacher or good master, what shall I do to um, inherit eternal life? Jesus said that, why do you call me good? There's none good but God. Okay. Jesus is not trying to say that he's not God. He's talking about his human as against his divine. Please understand that. 
And when we say that we are bringing forth fruit, it means that we are bringing forth that which is good. So as Jesus is saying that there is none good but God, it means that goodness comes from the divine alone. Please are you here? That which is good comes forth from the divine alone. So if I'm able to bring forth a, a good thing towards you, it, to you in heaven, it is not really me. It is the Lord that is bringing forth all these things. The truth that every good work is done by the Lord alone. Hallelujah. But he cannot do it by himself. He needs men who will contain him so that through such men, he, those good works may be produced. Hallelujah. So in heaven, all that is done there is done by the Lord. But it is done through men. That is the nature of the kingdom of God. It is done through men. Every good, everything that is produced in heaven is produced by the Lord. But it is produced through men. It is produced through men. That is the nature of the kingdom of God. That is the nature of the kingdom of God. And anyone that seeks to bear fruit or seeks to bring forth fruit, good fruit, according to the Lord, joins this kingdom. And his impact affects the move of the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Tell the neighbor, you exist. And because you exist, you were made to contribute to this unseen kingdom. We know that heaven increases in its glory. Heaven increases in its um, quality when men increase in heaven, isn't it? Why? Is it that God changes? No. It means that more men are available for God to be expressed through them. If men are not available, God cannot be found. Hallelujah. If men are available and are yielding, then God can be found. That is the nature of God's kingdom. And we are active or we are supposed to be active participants in this kingdom. This unseen kingdom. It is not just those that have died and gone on to become angels that are active participants. We also are active participants according to our spirit. Hallelujah. Why? Because whatever you do in this world, it is not just the action. Whatever you do in this world, there is a spiritual component to it. Whatever activity that you engage in, as the activity itself is impacting the material world, as the activity itself is seen in the material world, there is an unseen aspect of your, the activity that is also impacting another world. So it is not angels alone that contributes to heaven or the kingdom of God. The men on this earth also contribute to the kingdom of God because we are spirits. We are spirits. We are spirits. We contribute to the heavenly force field. We contribute to the intensity 
of, of the love of God that, that must be felt by others in heaven. We contribute to the intensity of the light of God, which is the wisdom of God that must be made available. And this um, um, love of God and this wisdom of God, it is found in our actions in this world. That's the reason why by your actions in this world, a demon can sense you and come and attach himself to you. You think you just did something in this world. Hallelujah. No, you are in making an impact in hell. You, you, they can smell you there. You are cooking something there. They like it. You are, you, are, you, are, you, are, you are contributing there. That is why you make friends from there. A demon, by some, you think it's a harmless activity, but because of the heart and the mind with which it is being done, that heart and mind is felt somewhere. It is not just that it is a heart and mind. It, there's a place for heart and mind. It is the spirit. It is in the, that's the spirit realm. There's a place for heart and mind. When I say heart and mind, your affection, your desires, your, your, the thinking, your wisdom. There's, there's a place for your will and your understanding. It is not this world. Your, there's no place in this world for your will. And this world is not built to up, contain your will and your understanding. What, this world is just a shell. The shell can appreciate other shells. So your actions, that's what this world can appreciate. But there's a world that sees what is behind the action and is impacted by that which is behind your actions. Hallelujah. So if then that which is behind your actions is evil and what is false, that's what is driving your actions, you are making, you are registering a presence in hell. Hallelujah. You are making a strong impact, making great contributions to the hellish agenda. If that which is feeling your actions in this world is heavenly, you are contributing to the kingdom of God without you necessarily knowing exactly what you are doing. You are putting in a lot. Hallelujah. Now, put it, Peter goes to Jesus and says, you will not go and die. No, no, no. We are like, we go and die. Jesus said, well, no, there's something else. In, in the world, he said, oh, we just don't want you to die. But Peter was contributing to something, a hellish agenda. So Jesus said, look, Satan, get thee behind me. In the spirit, there was something else that was going on. Hallelujah. Some of us, contribute and advise to somebody's life and in that contribution we introduce demonic activity has somebody advised you before and from there you became afraid fear entered your heart not because uh, you've not seen that before the the advice is seen outwardly like oh it's just a simple thing but the person was moved and and and, and the advice was done in such a way that demonic activity also multiplied because you now received the advice. So the advice was not just a statement. It came with something impacting on your spirit. Hallelujah. Some of us make comments that kill people's spirits. Like somebody is struggling to bring their head out of water. And then you are sent to contribute to the hellish agenda. 
Oh, hallelujah. Oh, yeah. You are sent to contribute to the hellish agenda. And you go and do one or two things and the person sings. The person was just trying to come up, but you were sent. And you think that, oh, I just said something. This is if, if, you, if I tell you, will, will it destroy you? If I tell you, oh, it, it won't destroy me, it won't destroy you, then why will it destroy you? No, there, there's something else that was pushed. It was not just an act, something done in the world. Something was done in the spirit as well. Hallelujah. An interesting experience. The sons of Sceva who went to cast out the devils. And so in the name of Jesus who Paul preaches, come out now. Then the ones were like, oh, we know Jesus and we know Paul. Yes, so the, the first assumption may be that um, maybe Paul had cast these particular demons out before. The other side, no. 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 So maybe they've met Paul had cast them. So they know that Paul, no. There, there's an activity that is going on in heaven, or sorry, in the spirit world, and that is having an impact on these demonic activities. And the activity is being done by a man called Paul in the earth. Some of you, you chase people trying to preach to them. You don't, you don't know that the impact, if your heart is full of laughter, or the, you don't know that you are, you, you, you are making an impact on the devils in hell. You, don't you know that that's what is going on? You may think that, oh, it's just somebody that you are talking to. No. You are launching an attack, and that attack is, is, is together with the attack of the kingdom of God. Because angels are also in such an attack. Hallelujah. Also launching the same attack. So you that you are here trying to convince somebody to be spiritual, your, your, if your heart is full of love, and you are doing it according to God's will, you are joining in with the unseen kingdom to work against the demonic activities that are oppressing the person and to help the person see the Lord. It's not, it's not just that you are talking to somebody. That is how come where your heart lies as you do become crucial. Because other than that, the same heart can link up with devils in hell and on your mouth will be scriptures. Scriptures on your lips, uh, on your tongue. You are quoting scriptures, but you are functioning together with devils. Or you don't know that you can push demonic agenda as you quote scriptures and as you teach doctrine. That's how you must watch yourself. Hallelujah. Are you sure you are here? Today, this is all that I want you to understand. And that is why to assess yourself based on output is crucial. Because your output is not just in this life. Jesus walked this earth, but the output of his work was not just for this place. Actually, the main thing about his work was registered in the spirit world. 
Jesus overcame hell without walking there literally as he was in there. He was in the earth, walking in the earth, but he descended into the hells in terms of overcoming it. Hallelujah. Please understand that. Hell is somewhere. But in the spirit, it is not like the way it is in the material. So you can act upon hell and place certain restrictions upon hell concerning somebody's life as you are in this world. You can restrain hell and the hand of hell in somebody's life as you are in this world. Or you can let hell increase by the way that you live your life as you are in this world. You can let the, the you can strengthen the hand of hell. When we are overcoming in temptation, our impact is on the devils, and it has to do with the world of spirits. When we yield to temptations and, and we become servants of evil, we cooperate with the devils from hell. When we yield and we become servants of God, we cooperate with the, the kingdom of God. So there are aspects of our lives and the parts of God's universe that we are cooperating with, that we are joining hands with to function. You know, one of the reasons why the spirit world, uh, the equilibrium in the spirit world was distorted. It was because many hypocrites left the earth and entered the spirit world. We did it. Hallelujah. Yeah. You think that something else is how we are here. And me, what is interesting for me is that God stood here in this world and did everything. He sorted out everywhere that needed sorting. And that is something that you must understand about yourself. You may not know exactly the nature of the impact. And many other times, it's not even necessary. But you must know that your output is not just in this life. Your fruit bearing is not just in this life, in this material world. It makes an impact. So if you are bearing fruit, it contributes to the building of the lost kingdom. That spiritual kingdom. Your, your fruit bearing contributes to the building of the spiritual kingdom. It contributes to strengthening that kingdom. It, it contributes to preserving that kingdom against demonic onslaughts. You are not just doing things. So. You are not just doing things. So if we are to assess our impact in the spirit realm, would you feel like you are bearing fruit 
You see, like to look at you are making impact beyond this material world. And actually, that is the greatest impact. But this world is not anything. It's at best an illusion, sort of. I'm not saying it doesn't exist, but its nature is said that even though it looks substantial, the real substance is spiritual. You see? So if you understand that you are making impact in the spiritual and you are to assess your existence, justify your existence based on the fruit that you are bringing forth that contributes to the lost kingdom, that contributes to the intensity of the light that is found in the lost kingdom, that contributes to the intensity of the fire, the affection, the, the desire, the establishment of the will, as will of God as it is in the lost kingdom. If you are to look at your contribution in this way, how will you assess yourself? And that's something that I want us to think about. Many of us think that fruit bearing in this way is optional. Many of us think that thinking about the kingdom of God and the will of God and what God is trying to achieve, what the purposes of God are, is, is a waste of time. You can just try to survive. But how then do you justify your existence as a human being? Because a thing exists based on its output. And knowing that your output, you may just do something, say, oh, I've also done something, but your output, it, where it is registered and actually assessed, is in the spiritual. And that you are making up, uh, impressions and supporting a cause. And the cause may be the hellish cause or the heavenly cause. Like you are. Like, 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 let me explain something to you. Like, like, you see, if they are going to war in the spirit, in the earth now, you also will go to war with them. That's my point. There is no separation between the, like, in the kingdom of God. There's no separation between those who are in the kingdom of God and are not in this world and those who are in the kingdom of God and are in this world. We all fight, to, if, let's say we are all, just hypothetically, we are all going to war. Those that have died and are in, in the spirit realm, as they go to war, we go with that we are not dead, go to war with them. Hallelujah. Yeah. This is something that the Lord wants us to do. So that we wake up. Hallelujah. And not just to wake up, but to understand how important we are as individuals to God's agenda. And then we feel like somebody else is important. Somebody else is something more than... No. If you exist, <laughs> then the justification of your... The one that made you justifies your existence in the output the fruits that you bring forth. 
That is how it works. And you know the interesting thing? You have been made sign that it is in this contribution to the kingdom of God that you are happy. That's where your happiness too is found. May the Lord help us. To me, it's a wonderful thing. Like to see that, like what I'm doing now. Like, like you know an interesting thing. When you take the scriptures and you read, you don't read the scriptures alone. You think that you it's you alone, only you that you have picked the scriptures. Uh, and then you are reading it. Uh, in the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was no. You read it in the letter. If you are reading the, the scriptures and understand that you are reading it in the letter and that you are reading it before the Lord, angels are also there participating in this activity. Hallelujah. Like you say, why, what would they achieve in participating in this? That's when you don't understand what God is also trying to do. Not, nothing is done in isolation in God's kingdom. Everything impacts on something, including your simple Bible study that is done out of a clean heart. It is in that same relationship as you read that revelation kicks in. Because when you read the word in the letter, the angels understand it in the spirit. So you read it they understand the spiritual sense. So when you read good, they don't hear good. Even though you are reading good, they, they participate in the meaning of good. So when you pick your Bible to read, remember this. Is it a nice feeling? Yeah. When you go on your knees to pray, it's not you alone. It's not you alone. It's not you alone. My sister was telling me the story of a, of a guy that I know who had stroke. And it was a severe one. He went into coma and all that. And by God's grace, he survived. Like he was talking to somebody, his mouth was shying. But the person said, ah, your mouth is... So I, there's not, my mouth is not back, it's not so quickly. They carried him, and as they were going, then the thing became severe. And by the time they got to the hospital, it had become a proper thing. So he was in coma. He said, when he was coming out of the coma, he saw many people praying for him. And he saw that they were 52. The assumption may be that it was 52 human beings in the earth praying for him. But what if it was both men in the earth and men outside the earth who are functioning together to make sure that he survives this thing? And probably the men in the earth, in their commitment, maybe three, four. So that would be what? Four out of 52 is what? Left with what? 48. So four men in the earth were able to stir up themselves and pray and 
joined up with 48 others in the spirit. So when she told me, I was just quietly thinking about it. I don't believe that 52 people men, we are not serious like that. I'm sure like three or two be or it was at that point in time, it wasn't that they had been praying for him over the period. Just at the time that he was coming out of the coma, those that were praying, he said those that he saw that were praying for him, and he was told the number was 52. So as he was coming out, people were praying for him at the time. 52 is not, it's not, it's not, it's not just men. Hallelujah. Others were also performing their duty. And in many cases, men in the earth will move and join themselves to men in the spirit. We don't do anything alone. That's what I want you to understand. When you zoom into the spirit, you, you don't really see anyone but you must believe that you are in another reality. It's called the kingdom of God. When your heart is inclined towards God, you know quickly that you are not alone there. You are in the midst. That's the reason why even as we sit here, we, we can all be uh, one in the Lord. As to the Spirit, we are individuals, but our hearts can be knit together because we all seek the kingdom. We all seek the kingdom. So what is your contribution to the kingdom? Uh, it's a scary thing, you know. Like, but the Lord wants us to think about it. Because this kingdom is where we enter after here. And what you are doing, you go to continue. So you know, we know we go to continue. Do you get it? But we, we, have, we think that we, what we are doing externally is what we go to continue. But it's what we're doing spiritually when we're in the earth that we go to continue to move in, in, in heaven. Spiritually. Hallelujah. That's the reason why when you enter there, they know you already. It's the same way that when you enter hell and you have been, they know you already. You, they may not even realize that you were not there. <laughs> God should just help us, isn't it? Let's close our eyes a little.